It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm the host of CHGO White Sox podcast, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is the full CHGO White Sox crew, Vinny Duber on my far left. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. We are here to recap a White Sox Win seven, or no, I was gonna say seven to five, two to one, uh, different score. Uh, two to one. John was watching a different game, yes, sir. Uh, the White Sox improved to 43 and 45 on the year, and they are under 500, two games under 500 again. I am counting right now, and I think this is their 10th time this year being two games under 500. It's not exactly pretty, it wasn't the best series, it wasn't the prettiest game today, Herb, but they got the job done. You wanted them to go uh, four and four on this eight game stretch so far, two and two. That's exactly what they had to do. I know the beginning of this series was very disappointing for White Sox fans everywhere and the White Sox themselves, but they got what they needed out of Cleveland. I'm sure that the White Sox are on a high right now. Cleveland's like, oh man, these some bitches are coming back. We've handled them for the most part this year, and now they've dominated us for the last two games with their pitchers out there and Cease and Lucas Giolito doing the job. So yeah, I'm feeling great after this victory. I'm feeling great about the the trajectory of this team and you know you know you think about momentum and you think about okay this is gonna be a turning point but we've been here before I'm just gonna celebrate this victory as it is solo victory getting a split in Cleveland is a great thing for the White Sox absolutely and they approved to 43 and 45 Cleveland falls to 43 and 44 so they're back exactly where they started before this series they are now a uh, I think a half game back uh, behind Cleveland uh, four games uh, four and a half games back Cleveland is of Minnesota the Sox now five games back of Minnesota I mean I think in a vacuum, this game is like tremendous, right? Like this looks like this looks like a like the kind of game that you win in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Like the pitching is fantastic, the bullpen comes through in a huge way. I mean, like it, the the eighth and ninth inning there, Graveman and Hendricks, I don't believe allowed any base runners, but like those were like dramatic at bats, kind of, and so it, it, it resembled a postseason game in that way. Now, of course, we happen to have the. I don't know if you want to call it benefit, curse perhaps, uh, of the knowledge of what the White Sox have been up to this point. And you could very well look at this game and say, oh, well, same old offense, right? But the starting pitching was tremendous. The bullpen was tremendous. If you're talking about how do you win uh, important games late in the season, it's usually on the backs of your pitching, especially once the calendar turns to October. Of course, the White Sox and October uh, can't be said in the same sentence until they start winning a few more games here. Uh, But uh, Lucas Giolito, what were we talking about? Big game guy, big game pitcher. He comes through in what is a big game for this team and really delivered. Yeah, we usually like to focus on the positives first. So we will talk about Aloy Jimenez leaving this game and how important or how concerned you should be. And we'll talk about the offense. Two runs today, and uh, really, they should have probably had more. We'll talk about that. But let's get into Lucas Giolito because he was fantastic. Six and a third innings today for Giolito. 
five hits allowed, one run, but it was not earned, one walk and five strikeouts for Giolito. He was extremely efficient early on in this game. He looked in control, and I liked when Tony pulled him uh, in, in that seventh inning, and I, I love the job that Raylo did. We'll get to him in a bit, but Lucas feels like he is settled down. That was a really bad outing when we went to the CHGO White Sox tailgate. He looked real bad against Toronto, but it feels like he's settling in. Yeah, I mean, and he's looked a lot better of late, and he looked really good today. Um, you know, this is kind of maybe not as dramatic, but but last year, kind of the same way, right? He I was, was thinking the same thing. I, I thought Lucas Giolito's first half was okay. He thought it was really bad. So certainly, compared to last year, this one has been worse, and he's probably got uh, a lot of opinions on how his first half went. But he was uh, able to take that as motivation, and in the second half, he pitched a lot better than he did in the first half. I bet you he's thinking the same thing right now. I think having Ethan Katz there with him is a big deal because when Lucas, you know, had to turn his entire career around a few years back, it was Ethan Katz who really kind of helped him out with that. Now he's got a guy who knows him better than anybody, and when stuff starts to go wrong again, he's got a guy that he can turn to and, and really work on it. If, if, if Ethan Katz, let's say, was the Giolito whisperer before he was a White Sox employee, there's no better benefit of having him now as a White Sox employee than he can whisper to Giolito at any time of any day. Yeah, and like you were saying, I was feeling the same way. Like, I know White Sox fans were down on him last year, especially after a terrible start in Boston. It's like, okay, this guy is not the same as the 2020 Lucas Giolito in last year. And then we had the same whispers. Trade Lucas. He's not an ace. He won an extension. He doesn't deserve it. Get that money to cease. We've seen time and time again. Lucas with less than premium stuff, and that's what he had today. His fastball wasn't up there where he usually is. But the changeup, he can rely on it. He knows that he can go to that when he needs a strikeout, and he was doing that all day long today. Only had five strikeouts, but he kept the Cleveland Guardians offense on ice the whole night. And that's what a pitcher is. That's what Lucas is. That's why I never lost faith in the guy to figure it out. Between those, the starts, I can tell you that that guy goes through and sells scouts and makes sure that he is ready for the next game, and he got Cleveland done. And then Vinny said, this is a big game. Big game Lucas is going to show up, and he showed up today Lar in a big way. Large game Lucas. <laughs> it works. If, if, if James Shields was big game James or Juego Grande, if you will, uh, then <laughs> – Lucas Giolito has to be large game Lucas. Well, I like that. Large game Lucas. LGL. Giolito. Yeah, yeah. LGL. So LGLG. Large LG. game Lucas Giolito. There you go. Ooh, All you right. Go. We, we got perfect. a new nickname for large Life game Lucas Giolito. Life is good. <laughs> large game. Uh, it, real, real fun for uh, Giolito uh, bouncing back. And you guys mentioned the stats before the All-Star break last year. Uh, this year, uh, he just took his ERA down from 505 to 469. Fifth, uh, 16 starts for him uh, this year. Last year, 18 starts before the All-Star break and a 415 ERA. So not, I mean, a little bit worse this year. Less innings as well, 104 last year. Um, he did have some injury concerns after his third start. So not perf or first start, uh, he had injury concerns after the uh, Tigers game. And both. then missed the, missed the start with COVID too. Right. Yeah. So uh, he, he hasn't been fully healthy this year. But yeah, I, I could see the parallels to last year. And last year he ended up figuring it out after the All-Star break and looked like normal Lucas Giolito. Let's look at the and pitch I think mix. The three, the three best starts he made last year, at least by my memory, were all after the All-Star break in Milwaukee, in Tampa, and at home against Houston. Yeah, at home yeah. against Houston was the first one out of the All-Star break. Yeah. Nine innings, one hit, uh, or three hits, one earned run. Uh, the Milwaukee one, six innings uh, of one run ball. And then uh, you just say the Minnesota one? Uh, Tampa. At oh, Tampa. At Tampa, seven innings and uh, two earned runs. But he also had one against Minnesota in Minnesota. Eight go. innings, a two-hitter with uh, one earned run. So, I mean, yeah, he was really, really excellent uh, last year for the Sox after the All-Star break. And it feels like he's shaping up to possibly repeat that again. And Jason Jay, you say not in the playoffs. Did you miss the Oakland game? That man was filthy. Come on now. That's true. But give me, I, give me I, he just do, brother. He we might talk, also we talk say about that. we talk Herb, you and me talk about that start at Oakland by Lucas like it's like, you know, like like old people talk about like seeing Mil Willie Mays play. <laughs> it was like I truly think the man was possessed that game. Just fucking just like rocking back and forth and you just like barely you could see his eyes over the under the brim of the thing. He just looked possessed and Oakland had no chance in that game. I mean, it was our only victory in this series, but Lucas he looked like the pitcher I wanted on the bump every single time we are starting in the postseason. Now, get that guy back to the postseason, 
Let's go. Well, I'm I'm hanging my hat on him. I'm hanging my hat on Dylan Cease. Let's playoff. say the, let's say the playoffs magically start tomorrow and the White Sox are magically not in third place and they make the make the playoffs. One, two, three. Lucas, Dylan, Johnny Cueto. Is that what you're doing? Dylan, Dylan, Lucas, eh, Cueto. Fuck. Yes. I mean, it's not fuck, but yes. <laughs> I, I I love my man Lance Lynn, but he hasn't figured it out as yet. Well, that's why they play him after six months instead of after three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, right now, Lucas has been better than Kopech, but overall this year, Kopech's been better, but we're not really sure where you're even, shaking your head. Even right now. I don't, 469 even right now, what are you Lucas Giolito. Nope, in the playoffs, nope, Lucas Giolito. I, 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 I agree with you, but I, I'm saying Gio's been better as of late. Kopech has Kopech had some has, injury issues. Hasn't so. started a playoff game yet. He hasn't gone that far. This is as most as he's pitched in uh, major league. So, yeah, let, let Kopech prove that. Firstly, and then I'll give him the opportunity to pitch. But well, yeah, I'll pitch my best pitcher first, and the guy second was be Luca Chialito because I know there's an animal in there. I saw it in Oakland. Well, for some reason they got they got to figure out the being three and a half games out of a playoff. Right, <laughs> spot exactly. That's they, why I that's why I invoked good. the word magically the, the because that's uh, that's uh, not happening. Yeah, so. I, I I don't know about that. I mean, I you know, Cueto has the experience, but even saying Cueto as a, a top three guy is just uh, it's it's baffling. I mean, he's been so good uh, and and just is shocking uh, to think of Johnny Cueto as a top three pitcher for the Sox. And like Vinny was saying, it felt like playoff atmosphere. It was a large game for the White Sox, and Lucas stepped up, and so did the relievers. Like, you saw the air by Josh Harrison, and that was a tough play. I'm seeing people give him a hard time. That's a tough play going to his left. He's been great defensively, too. Exactly, and the next play that he made to get out of the inning was awesome. So, the playoff atmosphere, we all were here like, yeah, let's go, especially me. I felt the, the game needed to be won today, and that was a playoff atmosphere. For them, they felt it. It was it was important to them. They I, and, they, and they've the said and they've said so, right? I mean, they set this they set this stretch up as being crunch time and being crucial. I mean, if they're going to feel that way, and certainly the way they've played this season, something's going to have to get important real fast for them. And that's what we were talking about. We found we found out today how important this series was, this stretch is, this game was to them by the way that their pitchers played. And like I we're think. talking about pregame urgency, we saw it. That felt. Like, the game was urgent. It was on the line. And Tony managed as such. The pitchers pitched as such. The hitters didn't show up as much, but they only needed to scratch off two. Maybe they saw what Lucas was doing. But again. We only need two. Again, though, urgency because they won, right? Like, urgent because of what the results were. And when they're blowing guys away, when Graveman and and Hendricks Mm. are blowing guys away, Sure, it looks urgent because oh. you know what? Those guys are good. Yeah. Oh, Goddamn, they're so good. I really want to push back really on the, the playoff atmosphere thing because if this is a playoff atmosphere, the White Sox bats still didn't show up. That's what I happens what in I was What I was alluding to mm-hmm. when I first brought the word playoff up in the at the start of the show was it's a playoff it's, it's, this is how you win a playoff game. It's two to one. You've got your pitchers going out there. You throw your best arms out there, and they're the guys that have to get it done. You know, obviously, teams can hit home runs in the playoffs. Teams can score a lot of runs in the playoffs. But when the playoffs roll around, there seems to be a lot of emphasis on the pitching. And today, that's what the, where the emphasis was. They held a very small lead by pitching really, really well. And it seemed like those uh, at-bats, especially at the end of the game, after it got to a one-run game, had some drama behind him, if not if not to you, the viewer, at least to the guy who was standing on the pitcher's mouth. Well, it's funny you bring that up, just the fact the, the the closeness of this game, the intensity of that part. The White Sox have been good in close games this year. Uh, White Sox in games decided by two runs or less, they are 25-15. and 15. White Sox in games decided by three runs or more, that's 18-30. and 30. Uh, So well below 500 in games uh, decided by three or more runs, uh, well above 500, 10 games above 500 uh, in games decided by two or runs, less, uh, two runs or less. So that kind of gives you the idea or the, the, the vibe that this team could win a playoff game. I, I, I get that point, that the intensity and the closeness of this game uh, could provide and that. Phil, but, yes, Cleveland isn't good, but a bunch of Cleveland in the second half, a bunch of Minnesota in the second half. Guess what? Minnesota's not good. And, the White Sox are not good either, but, but they're the best of the be- of the. Shitty, and I'm drinking on Light and Kugel's uh, Summer Shandy. I don't know if you guys heard of it. I'd also push. Delicious. I'd push oh, back tremendous, on tremendous, uh, tremendous brew. I'd push back on the playoff thing too, because uh, no one goes to Cleveland games. Um, let's go to the Lucas Giolito pitch mix and talk about how Lucas they got did. it done. 
Back when it was called the Jake? Yeah, that was oh, years man. ago. I don't even think I was born. Uh, Lucas Chialito today uh, threw 35 fastballs, 31 changeups. We get it, Sean. <laughs> 12, we got it. Uh, He's a phenom of 12 years old hosting his own podcast. Oh, Jesus. Uh, seven <laughs> swings and misses today, uh, 18% uh, whiff rate for Lucas Giolito, and the called strikes plus whiff percentage mm-hmm. was at 29%. The MLB average is 27, but there is some concerning data to uh, pick up from on the Giolito start, uh, and this is fastball velocity by start. I'm not sure if this is dead arm. We knew that uh, players and uh, pitchers specifically would run into a dead arm period likely just with the shortened spring training. So I'm not sure if this is affecting it. But on June 17th, Lucas's fastball was at 94.2 miles per hour. On June 22nd, it was 92.3. June 27th, 92.9. July 3rd, 93 miles per hour. Uh, July 8th, 92.4 miles per hour. And July 13th today, 91.8 miles per hour. That is 1.9 miles per hour less than the uh, yearly average for Lucas Giolito on his fastball velocity. So you guys concerned about the fastball velocity because he still got it done? No, because you could see he can pitch. He can do the job. As long as he's not hurt, which it didn't seem any signs of that, I just think it's a dead arm period. He'll get plenty of rest now because this is his last start before the All-Star break. And he'll, you know, they don't resume until next Friday. And I don't know how they're going to set up the rotation, but he'll, his arm will be fresh for the second half. I have no concerns with his velocity being down as long as there's no injury in there. Yeah, I mean, he, it, listen, it's all about the results, right? I mean, you, you're welcome to, to look at that. And if it continues, the results probably won't be as good. But tonight, he pitched. He didn't throw. He pitched. And uh, that was able to get them a win. I'm a little bit more concerned about when Lucas is going to film that remake of Face Off with the, that picture, that that picture that uh, that Stephen had on the graphic there, where one half of his face is all dark, I'm looking for I don't know Dylan Cease or somebody to be on the other half with with his his face all blackened. Uh, yeah, so that's that's exciting stuff coming coming to a theater near you in 2023. Yeah, Dylan would probably have to be he'd probably have to shave the mustache or just grow out a full beard. Um, to to match it, right? Dylan Dylan would almost certainly be the Travolta character, right? I don't know. Lucas would play the Nick Cage, Nick Cage role. I, I, Dylan's way, a little crazier, so yeah. I think Nick Cage is the crazier. Well, in the if, movie, in the movie, yeah, okay, right, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I've never you seen right. the movie because uh, again, I'm because you're young. young. Yes. Yeah, we get it. But I do know uh, Nick Cage was married to Lisa Marie Presley uh, just to get into Elvis's house, and I do think that is more like Dylan Cease than Lucas Giolito. Is that really the reason why he was married to her? I don't think so, but okay. I think it was. A reason. I think he just wanted to marry Elvis's daughter. Yeah, honestly, and that's <laughs> that's it might be weird. Michael Jackson did it too. Yep. Go up, little beef loaf's in the house. He says that uh, Rick Giolito's going to join the chat and get in your ass for uh, that crack, even asking those questions, Sean. What question to ask? About Lucas Giolito, if you're worried about him, concerned about his thing. Are you I, concerned about him? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that I don't know enough about dead arm periods, and, and if this is signs of that, I think that you guys are right. It doesn't look like he's laboring out there. It doesn't look like he's in pain out there. So it looks like he's comfortable. He's just not getting that same oomph on his fastball. And also, I you, you know he's not going to start again, likely. I mean, we're, we're probably not going to see him until after the All-Star break. So right. it's going to be a nice break for him. I mean, it's going to be at least seven days down. So, you know, we'll hopefully see. that will sometimes help. that yeah. works, sometimes it doesn't. Hopefully, it will help him at least build up some velocity. Yeah, it's probably nine days because he won't pitch even like they resume the season on Friday next week, right? It's yeah. Wednesday right now, so yeah, at okay. least nine days of fresh rest. There you go. go back to California and just chill out. Um, and someone's asking about velocity metrics from uh, 2021 and 2020. Uh, I will get that in a second for Giolito's fastball. Um, I, I know it's down, uh, that's for sure, but uh, it. it hasn't really affected him too much this year. So uh, I'm not sure if it's a major concern. I know obviously we saw him come in with more weight this year, and that hasn't really stuck throughout this year. And that was part of just maintaining strength. And I think velocity was part of the goal in that. So maybe it has to deal with just figuring out his body because he is long and lanky. And we knew, we do know that guys have issues growing into that frame as pitchers. The, the way he explained it in spring training was it was very much about trying to stay healthy, uh, you know, avoiding injury. I mean, this is a guy where even in years past where he's missed one or two starts, mm-hmm. that, that has really frustrated him. And so he wants to make, uh, you know, basically every turn in the rotation. Obviously, it hasn't turned out that way with what happened, as we, we were talking about earlier, 
uh, with the early season injury and then the COVID infection. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see if, if that ends up being something that stays consistent throughout the rest of the year or, or if he changes things up in an effort to, you know, as he's spent the last month or so trying to figure things out, um, you know, they, it all goes into that. So, Yeah, uh, and then going to uh, the Kevin's question there, uh, Lucas's fastball velocity in 2019 was 94.2 miles per hour, 2020, 94 miles per hour, 2021, 93.8 miles per hour, and this year he's down to 93.1. Today he was sitting at 91.8. So as long as he's healthy, I think that's the goal, and, and clearly he showed that with even diminished stuff, he can be an effective pitcher for the White Sox. Also, shout out to the game time. This is the eighth straight game the White Sox have played under three hours and 15 minutes. So, And there's no pitch clock yet. I would, I would argue that it's the most important stat of the season. <laughs> I would say so, too. And Vinny's all excited because you're going on vacation. You're going on vacation. So you guys get the hell out of here. Mine's not really much, a vacation. Much quicker. Celebrating love. I mean, that's you're going somewhere else. Yeah, I am. Yeah. All right. I'm going well, to the Sunshine State, Denver. There you go. And uh, I, I think that they have PointsBet out there. And the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. And PointsBet's your home for live and play betting and it just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. There's more live betting, more live markets, and faster live cashouts with the PointsBet app. So what are you waiting for? It's time to download the PointsBet app today and elevate your live betting game. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. And once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1s because they sent in the free samples and I have not been able to get enough of my athletic greens. I wake up, I take my athletic greens, I feel like I have more energy, I have the ability to focus more, and my immune system has been benefited. And this is not a health drink or something that is going to taste like a health drink. It's very mild. It has a tropical taste that you can easily mix into a smoothie. Mm -hmm. It's nice in water. And with one scoop of AG1, when you put it in your smoothie or water, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. I do it. Herb do it. That's why they have uh, 7,000 five-star reviews. Athletic Greens is very well liked and it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash socks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash socks. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's talk about the good old offense. The offense scored two runs today on eight hits, and they did draw two walks, both of them coming from Yoan Moncada. I think the big story for the offense, though, is Aloy Jimenez leaving in the sixth inning. He made the final out on a short pop-up in left field, went over, made the catch, and then immediately pulled up limping and limped all the way into the clubhouse and then was taken out. Pollock moved to left field. Engel came into right. What are thoughts and immediate reactions? I know White Sox Twitter was very, very concerned. What are your thoughts, Herb? Just sad. I mean, the guy cannot stay on the field. And I know White Sox fans are more angry at him as if he's doing this to himself. Like, what What do you think he would want to be? Healthy, on the field, contributing to the White Sox, or injured again? Like, it's a sad thing. He's a young man that's been injured most of his career and you could see the potential his rookie year hit 30 home runs but he hasn't had a chance to just be himself and be injury free for his whole career I'm sad for him I want him to be healthy and show the White Sox White Sox fans and Major League Baseball that he is a force to be reckoned with we know when Aloy puts bat to ball it's murder he can crush the ball being on the field is the most important thing. Now, I know people want him just to be a DH. If he doesn't want to be a DH now, 
I don't know if that will work out for him. I don't know if he will feel it and mentally will be ready to do what the DH does. As we talked about before, Jim Tomey has talked to Andrew Vaughn about it and other players on the team. Like, it's a mental grind to be a designated hitter. And if he doesn't want to be it, it's going to be tough for him to transition it. But you have to start thinking about, hey, Aloy, the way you're getting hurt, is in the field and running the bases and it doesn't look like it's a strenuous thing but you keep on getting hurt I don't know if he's going to go on the aisle uh, hopefully this is just a small hiccup and he's back in Minnesota after a couple days but for most part I think that he, they'll probably put him on the aisle I'm sad that the guy just doesn't have a clean bill of health and could just play 145 games a year and be the guy that we all know he can be. Sox said he left with right leg soreness, and this is from Tony LaRussa. Daryl Van Scowen just tweeted this out. He said, right now, and this is Tony LaRussa on Aloy's hamstring, right now, knock on wood, we don't think Jimenez re-injured it. We'll give him a couple days off. Vinny, what's your reaction to the Aloy injury and that news that they don't think he's re-injured it? Well, my first reaction, or one of my first reactions, was what Rick Hahn told us when they had to pause Aloy's rehab assignment, uh, which was now several weeks ago, I believe, that this was. But, uh, and he said the, the reason that Aloy's rehab assignment was paused was that he was feeling some expected discomfort after, in the wake of the surgery that he had uh, on that knee. Uh, it is the same surgery that Lance Lynn had, the same surgery that Yasmani Grandal had, and during their recoveries, they felt the same thing, and they had to learn to deal with it. And what Aloy's task was at that time was learning to deal with it, learning to play when you feel that kind of thing in your, in your leg. So my first thought was that. Maybe he's feeling some of that discomfort, and because he hasn't maybe learned to deal with it all the way yet, it knocked him out of tonight's game. He felt that it was bad enough. Now, again, that's just my first reaction. I have no idea if that's what happened tonight. It just came to mind. Uh, what I will say was, you know, it, it's not good. You don't want to be without Aloy Jimenez for any amount of time because he's a very important part of your offense. Uh, and, and like you said, you feel bad for him when you see that because he's not trying to do that. There have been times when he has made irresponsible plays that have led to him getting hurt. Correct. Him running to first base earlier this year was not one of those. Him catching what looked like a pretty routine mm -hmm. fly ball in the outfield today was not one of those. You can't blame the guy when that kind of thing happens. I will also say this about the, you know, flood of comments and questions about why doesn't he just play DH all the time? Herb, you said he doesn't want to. That's true. He might not be able to. There's a difference between having a preference and doing what the manager is supposed to do, which is putting his players in the best position to succeed. Aloy Jimenez, it has been discussed, is that he hits better when he plays left field. You have his bat in the lineup. You have him on your team to hit a bunch of home runs and drive in a bunch of runs. And if he's significantly, if he's doing that significantly less as the DH as he is as the left fielder, that's why he's playing left field. Tony La Russa jokes about it and says, oh, I'll let him play left field as much as he wants as long as he hits 300. But there might be some truth to that, which is the only way he hits 300 is if he plays left field. Yeah. And so that is a tough spot for the White Sox to be in because I think it doesn't take a, the sharpest baseball eye to say they might be better off defensively with somebody else playing left field. Mm -hmm. But it's an overall game, and if they're better off offensively by him playing left field – you gotta, you got, you've got to do what continues to get you the most amount of runs, especially in a season like this where runs are at a premium for this team. Right. Let's look at what Sox fans are saying. We got two super chats. First off, from Stephen Bardo, Aloy is the human version of Dumbo, um, I which I don't means. know if he has the biggest ears uh, on the team. You mean just happy? Dumbo in the I, movie was rather clumsy. He, mm -hmm. yeah, but he was also a, a baby. Uh, and an elephant. And an elephant with and large ears. Aloy is a so, human. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Jarrett Faust saying, does Aloy look like he's training hard? If your body is your meal ticket and you're injury prone, you better be 5% body fat and committed. Um, have you gone around and done your usual uh, checks of body uh, fat percentage in the, the clubhouse? Yes. they have. We have a day. It's like physical day. You know, they have a day when it's... Vinny needs to get your body fat percentage. But uh, in all seriousness, there has been extraordinarily complimentary 
the White Sox, that is, specifically Tony La Russa, but some of his close teammates, a, a guy like Jose Abreu, a guy like, uh, you know, Luis Robert, uh, extremely complimentary of what they've seen from Aloy in terms of working his way back from this injury. Um, and we heard throughout the early stages of that injury recovery how it was almost like, you know, medical miracle and they were shocked that he was out there running around and moving around the way that he was given the injury and the the proximity to the time when those comments were made so um I'm not sure if that answers your question but that's uh that's what I can yeah. that's what I can say in terms of how he's been described as a worker and it's specifically a worker in this year when he's had to deal with that injury and Jared. I'll bring up a person that you would say isn't in top physical uh, uh, position, and its name is uh, Prince Fielder. He led the league in playing games, 162, four times. He wasn't in great shape, so it does it in baseball. You don't have to be in great shape. I mean, is Andrew Vaughn in great shape? As a person points out, is was Paul Konerko in great shape? Put those in quotes. It's a baseball game. Is the, the best hitter in baseball, my guy who shares a birthday with me, Alejandro Kirk, is he in great shape? The best hitter in baseball. You know, you know, he's, 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 got no, he's a November 6th guy, so I got to pump, the All-Star gotta pump him up. Yeah. I get, I get my the guy, points, but, Mercedes, I mean, uh, but even then, like, Al- Al- Aloy isn't that big. I mean, Aloy is a large human who is, you know, has a lot of weight just for an outfielder, but, I, I mean, it doesn't look like he is hefty like Alejandro Kirk or, uh, I mean, some of the guys you're throwing out there. I'm he's, just saying, he's, baseball, he's you, don't have to be, right. you don't have to be Gabe Kapler in his in playing days where you're just an Adonis Baseball's baseball. Hit you the know, ball. Hit the ball, catch right. the ball. <laughs> well, and that's, Injuries just happen sometimes. That's been Aloy's issue is injuries and not hitting the ball. Uh, Jarrett continues and said lots of base players are, uh, aren't pristine bodies, but if a dude is injury prone, he better be a gym rat. Um, and I think that's why, you know, Rick Hahn pushed back on the injury prone label uh, for, for Aloy Jimenez just because he has done the work to hopefully maintain his body. And it's just been bad luck because, like you said, he was just making a play out in left field today pulled up and then he was making a play just running down first base uh, and ended up uh, hurting his in, uh, leg and that could have just been because of bad form again that's not really because his body isn't right it's just because it was an awkward landing on that bat well and what I would what I would say is if you if you if there had been a lot of the the plays that have been made in left field we could list off a nice list of alloy plays in left field that did not strike as smart plays Correct. that caused him to miss time with injury. Certainly last year was the most glaring example of that, the one where he did the uh, mm. Vince Carter dunk over the, uh, yeah. over the left field wall. Um, <laughs> but in his rookie year, you'll remember, there was him crashing into Charlie Tilson. There was him Ugh. planting his left foot in the outfield wall trying to rob a home run that was never going to be caught by anybody. Um, those, are, those are moments where you can point to him and, point to him and say, what is he doing? Why is he doing this? Running to first base is not that. And not only that, you see, you've seen plenty of guys, unfortunately plenty of guys on this very roster, get hurt running to first base. So yeah. this is not, it is not something that, um, you know, he got hurt in, in Cleveland at the end of the 2020 season right. uh, yeah. running the bases, you know. Uh, home, yeah. And uh, he didn't end up getting, he ended up, you know, uh, hitting a double in the, the Oakland series and then having to be taken right. out. Right. I game. believe he, I believe he got hurt round in third base maybe yeah. or something like that. But I mean, so, you know, there are times when he deserves the criticism because he's made plays that are not smart. There are times when he does not because he's just playing and something happens. Well, and Matthew Cortez, he says, uh, not everyone's Giancarlo Stanton, but even Stanton, and, and I don't know what this is exactly in reference to, but I think Stanton, the body, the well, body. Right. I mean, Stanton's yeah. got that incredible body, but also you look you at 2019 and 2020. Yeah. He played less than 50 games right. in those two years and in 2015, he only played 74 games. Um, so it doesn't really mean anything if you are going to be ripped and toned um, as long as you are conditioned. Right. And I mean, I, I think that he just might have bad legs uh, at this and point. I'm sure the White Sox and their staff have gone over with Aloy and then tried to get him, and he's probably doing it. And sometimes injuries just happen. And people are saying, well, Paul and uh, Kirk don't have to run the outfield. How about Mr. Padre? Tony Gwynn wasn't the slimmest guy. The man stayed on the field. He was a big guy. You don't have to be in tip-top shape to be a baseball player. That's what I'm just saying. Like, it's it's uh, sometimes freak accidents happen. Nobody would have said, okay, I saw that where Eloy got hurt. I saw that coming up because it was a jogging routine catch, and we were like, why is he limping? And also, he might be fine. Yeah. yeah, you know I what mean, I mean. He might be fine in it, in a day or two. Tony didn't say he re-injured it, so maybe yeah. he comes back tomorrow. He's fine, and maybe he's in the lineup uh, uh, against Minnesota on uh, Friday or uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw him on Friday. He didn't and, look and if, to be in a ton and, of pain as well. And if he's not, 
Trust me, we'll be talking more about this coming yeah, up. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we got a couple more Super Chats. Shout out to Other Sean for the $2 Super Chat. Very much appreciate it. Spell the name right, Sean. Good job for your parents. Spelled the name wrong. Damn name. Uh, and then Louis DePhillips uh, said, Grandal, back this week. How many we win in Minnesota? You all should come to San Diego for the end of the year. We win the division in nice weather in October. I'll join you. San Diego doesn't sound bad. I know you're, you're very fond of that place. Vinny's been there. I've oh, been there. I love San Diego. I am. Uh, you should just go. Like, plan the trip, you and Maddie, right now. Just go to San Diego. September 30th, I think October 1st is October 2nd. It's a weekend, so we won't have to do shows except for the Sunday one. Just go out there. It's a beautiful place. You go without the White Sox. Fuck yeah. it. Wait until the good ever. over it's and go and good you don't any time of the year. The yeah. Except for don't go in January or February. It kind of rains. Okay. All a right. little bit. Thank you, thank you for the tip there. Uh, but maybe, maybe uh, I don't know. To uh, answer the question that Louis asked, by the way, Grandal will not be back this weekend. He is expected back for the start of the second half next weekend. Well, we actually got a, a, a little uh, update on uh, Yasmani Grandal. On uh, old Yaz? Go down to AAA. Let's go to Charlotte and our guy Jeff Cohen of Future Sox at AAA Jeff said Grandal out after catching five innings today. Tentative plan is a day off tomorrow. DHing on Friday and then catching again this weekend. He had two at-bats today, a ground out and a strikeout. Um, and then I also just want to update too on the jerseys that he's wearing. Uh, <laughs> last year, Oof. he wore the uh, construction zone ones uh, that I think someone won in a raffle. <laughs> All they rough. raffle those off. And then tonight, he's in the Iron Man jerseys. Charlotte Knight busting out the Iron Man jerseys. Any wow. any thoughts? You're the big Marvel guy. I am. I don't know if I like the baseball jersey. But. <laughs> uh, he is not Iron Man. No, uh, he is not. He's, he's not. They should have gotten them the little, uh, the batting glove should have had the uh, mm. the Infinity Stones on them. And Louis, we're going to win two games in Minnesota. Two and two. Like uh, Chuck Woolery. Not a great guy anymore. No. Two and two. We'll talk about it a little bit later. (laughs) Hopefully Uh, we're not talking about Chuck Woolery anymore. We we will not. Do you know who Chuck Woolery is? Uh, Lingo. The host of Lingo. Stop it. The host of Lingo. The host of Greed also. Lingo. The host of Uh, Lingo. We got one more final super chat. You guys are being generous tonight. Daniel Sachs says, will the Sox ever retire AJ Brzezinski's number 12? I think he deserves it. AJ, going up into the rafters. Yes or no? No. Oh, no. I mean, Ozzy, for, Ozzy's, Ozzy's probably first, next. but the White Sox have firstly. Jose wait. Abreu's first. That's true. Uh, Ozzy before Jose, right? Well, then well, why hasn't it happened already? I but don't know. It's do ridiculous. That um, I think if Abreu was retired, he'd be the 12th retired number, and then Ozzy would be the 13th. 13, 13. Yeah, so I, I would like that symmetry. I mean, yes. Uh, AJ was great, and he's not of value to get retired. He's not better than Robin Ventura, and his, his number hasn't been retired. He's not better than Maglia or Adonia's and other players for the White Sox. Yeah, he won the World Series. He was on a team that won the World Series, yes, and he had some great plays. But there's other players more deserving than AJ, and I think nobody more deserving than number 79, Jose Abreu. Yeah, and I also think he's not – is he even the second best catcher in franchise history? I mean, Fisk is obviously one. I don't know, Ray Schalk up there? Ray Schalk has, has a lot of has a lot of has a lot of records, a yes. lot of records. That's a guy that is just in the records book. Ron yeah. Park Vice, uh, yeah. Officer Ron, was Kark I'm fucking with you? Kark better? No, he wasn't. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, he um, wasn't. Yasmani Grandal better than uh, AJ Pruszynski? More expensive. More expensive. Yeah. That's for damn sure. Um, it's it's not a bad question, Daniel Stack, but I, I think that you'd probably go for some other 2005 guys. Me, mm, mm. see the third best. I would retire. I mean, career maybe. He wasn't the third best like player on that team. He might have had the third best White Sox career of people. Third most on iconic. That team. Yeah, yeah, I could hear that. All right. I mean, the the, the other two guys, Paul Konerko and Burley, they got their jerseys retired immediately. So uh, I think AJ probably would have gotten to retire. By even now. just like one more year in a White Sox uniform, Jim Tomey probably have his number retired. If if he was on the 2005 team, I think. He oh well, yeah, been absolutely, absolutely yeah. retired yeah. Uh, by the team. And also just to continue the, the Alloy things, just to wrap it up, uh, you talked about him as a DH and him as a left fielder. Um, as a left fielder, he hits 281. 323, 519. That's an mm. OPS of 842. As a DH, is that he this has... Se- is this these, that's, that's his this career. career. That's career. Uh, in his career as DH, 163, 243, slugging 317 for an OPS of 560. So basically, a 300-point differential in his OPS when playing the field and being the designated hitter. But the issue is... In the past 74 games, he's had an OPS plus well under 100. He only has 12 home runs. He's hitting 239, 291. 
409. The issue has been hitting and health. I mean, that that's the one thing you need to see turn around with Aloy Jimenez is, you know, can he even be the guy that he was in 2020? Because you haven't seen that uh, in a long time. And, and that's mainly due to the injuries that he's suffered. Uh, Yon Makata getting two walks today was good to see. Um, any other performances stick out? Luis Robert had a uh, three-hit day. Uh, Abreu had four. a two-hit oh, day. Oh, that was one of the hits, the three, the one that went off at TA's back. Yes, it was uh, It was still ruled a hit. It was a hit, And, yes. and yeah. Tim Anderson will have a forever bruise uh, for that one. And I saw somebody in the chats, I don't know if it was Steven Nicholas, our producer, talking about hey, why didn't Tim duck that ball? And our guy, old old I, guy over there, Stephen Nicholas. Once I saw it in, like, real time, I realized, okay, yep. that's hard to do. Stephen was way more why angry about Josh yeah, Harrison. Josh Harrison's got a oh. double. Why, why didn't uh, Tim Anderson dodge the 111-mile-per-hour bullet going after him? But, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about AS. this. Uh, Josh Harrison hits a double the right center field. <laughs> Me and Stephen almost got in a fight earlier, he, guys. He, <laughs> I, 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 we saw a shot that didn't show the first base bag but showed right center field. And we saw that right when the center fielder was picking up the ball, Josh Harrison comes into frame after touching first base and starts high-stepping. That is an Steven, exaggeration. He's Ste- halfway to second, and he's already high-stepping. He's on his little motorcycle, everything. <laughs> he should have been hustling. And you think he should have oh, been at third base. You think I he should have been at triple. It should have at least given him the opportunity. Let the kids play, Stephen Nicholas. Let the kids play. It's a triple until they tell him it's a double. These Kay. guys ain't hustling anymore. I don't know. It's Steven from Alsip. <laughs> Steven from Palos. Uh, Palos which Park. Palos, Palos Hills. Hills. There Ooh. you go. There's a lot of Palos. Right. Don't show up yeah. my door Steven from Palos. Palos Hills wants to know why Josh Harrison didn't get thrown out at third base by a country mile. Well, that's a, that's the thing too. Is do you trust <laughs> Joe McEwing to send him to third base? Uh, I mean, you don't need to trust anybody to do anything. It was a clear double. It was not going to be a triple. This ain't football. He's not <laughs> Deion Sanders. <laughs> Uh, Matthew Cortese's wife agrees with you. Thank you, Matthew, Matthew Cortese's wife. Out there in <laughs> Portland. Right. He doesn't have the best sprint speed. This isn't all-star Josh Harrison who's 28 years old. He just high steps. You're getting mad at the guy showing the personality, doing the <laughs> have fun thing. Everybody, why isn't this team having fun? There's no, they're having no fun this year. No, no, wham, wham, wham. He's doing the revving the motorcycle thing, and now you're all mad. Nothing's more fun than winning. They won. <laughs> they won. They won yeah. two to one. And now he's had next now to one. He put third. himself in the scoring Jeez. position by hitting a double off the wall. I what want, do you want him to do? I want him to be on third and score on a ground out. <laughs> Mamma mia. Mamma mia. Oh, uh, yeah, I love you, Steven. Uh, and awesome. I love Baloney saying, uh, I'm from Payless Hills uh, and we're all idiots. <laughs> that is actually so, true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but shout out the pit. The pit's a great restaurant. Uh, Anyways, uh, let's talk to you about our fantastic, fantastic friends over at PointsBet. Uh, you can tell that Steven had White Sox minus one and a half today, being all upset <laughs> oh, about I Josh Harrison's triple. Now the truth comes out. No, Did actually, you? what I missed, the only thing I missed in my parlay was an Eloy hit. So that also hurts. Like a fourth hit? Oh, no, Eloy just, hit. You just okay. needed a, a hit. hit. Oh, yeah. oh, so he was close. You should, you should get uh, exempted from that. He had left with the injury, only one at bat. Right. Yeah. Two at bats, I think. Oh, all right. So, point. no, you're out. You're out. Sorry, Steven. But if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from CHGO Locker. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet. PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And it's time for our pick of the week. Tomorrow it is the White Sox versus the Twins up in Minnesota. It's Johnny Cueto versus Sonny Gray, a right-hander with a sub Three or basically a three ERA going up against the White Sox. I like the Twins tomorrow. Johnny Cueto's been good, but in his 11 starts, the Sox are five and six going up against a right-hander who has been Cy Young quality before or up there before uh, in Sonny Gray. I do not like the Sox's chance tomorrow, uh, so I will say pick the Twins tomorrow if you do so dare with our points back pick of the week. Herb, you won't be here tomorrow, but how are you feeling about uh, Johnny Cueto versus Sonny Gray? I feel great about Johnny Cueto. I know he's going to go out there and give us six innings of three earned runs or less, 
so the White Sox need to attack Sonny Gray, and that's a weird name. I, they already knew their names were Gray, so they're like, well, let's make it Sonny. Um, yeah, that's way you can sing it to the uh, to the Sesame Street things theme song. Sonny Gray, that one. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, um, or maybe it's chasing the clouds away. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the White Sox are going to win. I'm a homer, of course. So I think the White Sox are going to win tomorrow with Johnny Cueto on the bump. I'm not going to be a hater like you. I'm not a hater. I mean, I'm just, just trying to win money. I got you. They get beat by, uh, you know, Josh Winder. And yeah, They get garbage. beat by Brady Singer. The Josh Winder sleeps tonight. <laughs> I love that <laughs> that one from you. Uh, we got another super chat as well from Daniel Stack. What's your favorite baseball movies? Real quick. Just one or two? Uh, well, it says, uh, I guess he says favorite baseball movies, so you can give as many uh, as you want. I'm going to go with Eight Men Out and Moneyball. Moneyball's a good movie, but not something that a movie should have been made about, in my opinion. Because the A's are not, they don't do anything good in that season. They won oh, they 20 like, games well, in that's a row. Like, but like, that's like, it's, like, it's like what Semi-Pro makes fun of, like yeah. fourth place, fourth place. Like that's kind of what happened. It's like okay, my, you make a movie out of that? It's no. A, it's, it's my, my gripe and, with uh, Friday they, Night Lights, where how they lose at the end of Friday Night Lights, the, the, the movie. Not oh, the show. Say, they won two championships in Friday Night Lights. You're, you're bullshitting on the TV show. Yeah, not Riggins. Um, let's see. Uh, they did also, and I can agree with you here, they did not mention... Tim Hudson, Barry Zito. Right. And, They're best players. Yeah, and Mark Mulder. <laughs> They're like, who? No, it's well, fucking Scott Hattieberg time. <laughs> well, and I think they barely mentioned Miguel Tejada, yeah. who I think was the MVP that and year. I think Royce Clayton, the actual yes, person, it, it is. was playing yes. uh, Miguel Tejada, Miguel Tejada yeah. which, firstly, color d- didn't match up. And also, <laughs> Royce Clayton? You could have got somebody better White than Sox Royce legend. White Sox legend. Yeah, yeah. you, you beat me to it. I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I guess I'm gonna go with Major League. I have like it's little little things Dude, with all gives a shit. with like a lot of baseball <laughs> movies. They, they're like they're like eh, they're okay. I don't love them as movies. You know what I mean? Uh, Mr. Three Thousand, I have a soft spot for. Okay, I've never I, seen it. I Frank Thomas that in that movie, right? Tom Selleck. Uh, oh, Tom Selleck. I get it. No, that's Mr. Baseball. Oh, yeah, it's Mr. Not Mr. That Three Thousand. Bernie Mac plays for the Brewers, mm-hmm. and my favorite thing about that movie is that. There's a character in the movie whose name is T-Rex Pennybacker. <laughs> T-Rex Pennybacker? Vinny, you know who wouldn't like that that movie? Who would like that? Who would not? Who's that? These two, because, because? he bunts at the end of the movie. It's true. He, he does. He bunts. He Spoilers. Bunt for his, and they win. Fuck. For his Spoilers, 3, Steven. Hit? You're going to watch it now. Like, oh. yep. decade does yeah, he bunt for his 3,000th hit? No, he can okay. get a 3,000th hit, but he learns to, to be go from uh. a selfish player to a team player, and so with a chance to get his 3,000th hit, he bunts, and it helps the Brewers win. I, I Rest have, in peace, Bernie Mac. Um, Sean's pulling up the run expectancy right now. I, I am. I <laughs> he's, looking up, am. he's looking up Frank Ross's run expectancy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, was, uh, well, I was looking up a tweet uh, to just talk about uh, my favorite movie, the uh, Rookie of the Year, uh, because according to John Candy in that movie, uh, the final game that they show Henry Rowan Gardner pitching is not only to win the division, which it is a Cubs-Mets game, so I don't think they were in the same They, were, they were at the time. And okay, at least. All right, that's yeah. good. Uh, not only was the game... For the division, but the September regular season game is also Game 7 of the NLCS. So they're playing a September playoff game to win the division and to go to the World Series. And they which won makes the World no Series, too. Sense. Wow. Remember at the that's end, he shows the, the World Series ring. Yes. They and, they don't, and they don't show any part of that. No. That's that, all over the place. And that's why I don't like um, Major League is because that team lost to the White Sox. Because the White Sox are much better, and they act like the White Sox weren't good. Like they made the White Sox in Major League Two lose to that bullshit Cleveland team. They had Shaw and fucking Parkland. Come on now, they want to lose that bullshit Cleveland team. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. The uh, Indians were terrible back then. You know that movie was filmed, the first one, in Milwaukee, the great, the good land. Oh, yes, that's why Euchre's the announcer. And and two. They're, they filmed a couple in uh, Guarantee Rate, which was called Comiskey at the time. There you go. Um, and and uh, shout out to uh, another great baseball movie as well, but very briefly, uh, uh, Naked Gun, where they, they filmed well, yes. Dodger Stadium. Yes. The best. So that's a baseball movie? I would say this. The best movie, with, enough. The best movie with baseball in it <laughs> might be The Naked, <laughs> Naked Gun. Gun. Yeah. So uh, is My Best Friend's Wedding a baseball movie too? Never seen it. It doesn't sound like it's better than the Naked I, I think we can all, that much. I think we can <laughs> all agree. Movie. Ferris Bueller. They go Ferris Bueller. Fever yeah. Pitch is the best baseball mm. movie. Mm. Um, Kennedy, I would say Kennedy, Kennedy. <laughs> Rookie of the Year and Sandlot are my two favorites. Sandlot's good. Um, oh. And also, uh, just another indis- uh, discrepancy with uh, 
uh, rookie of the year. Uh, the manager, Sale, gives Chet Stedman the ball with zero prior notice after Chet was shut down for the season. And again, the game clinches the division for either the Mets or Cubs. So he's so not even on the no active roster. No, no. And they just throw him out there because go get him. And, go get him, Chet. And the Sandlot, what makes me mad, is also the end of the movie. They got Benny Rodriguez to the major leagues, the full-ass major leagues, mm-hmm. pinch running home. as a third at third base to steal home. Thirdly, or secondly, fucking Smalls is a play-by-play announcer that is way far away from the <laughs> microphone standing up when he's stealing home. That doesn't work. As a person that has dealt with microphones, I get mad at that scene all the time, and he's like says hi to him at the end of the game. No, he doesn't. He doesn't care about small. It's like, oh, yeah, that kid who I taught how to play baseball in one day from a terrible baseball player to one of the most competent baseball players on that team. That's no, why he I wasn't. Oh, my God, that he hit a home was- run. Like, you know a kid who sucked at baseball. He never hit a home run, ever. And he hit that, he bit that ball and the fucking beast caught it. What do you think the stat cast stayed on that was? Think he barreled that ball? Oh man, it was like twenty nine percent angle, <laughs> probably uh, 95, per, 95 miles per hour off the bat. What's the what's the biggest barrel? What's the biggest fictional barrel of all time? Oh, um, well, it probably has to be the natural where he hits the lights. Uh, there's that one where Bugs Bunny makes the catch by climbing up to the uh, top of the Empire State Building. That That's one had true. to be hit pretty hard. That one probably had to get real <laughs> tagged up. Uh, I wonder what the expected batting average was. <laughs> probably on that one. a thousand. Can would we be can we guess. just count the uh, the softball uh, the spring? Springfield, uh, the Simpsons uh, episode yeah. of yeah, this it's is only thirty minutes. But it's, yeah. it's good enough. Um, great, great show, uh, mm-hmm. great, great episode. All right, let's uh, talk real quick about the White Sox making the playoffs, which everyone wants to do wow. because uh, Dan Zimborski of Fangraphs put out an article today saying, uh, "Not so fast, my friends, uh, with the White Sox not making the playoffs." Did Lee Corso put it out? <laughs> Dan Zimborski <laughs> is Lee Corso. Uh, let's go to the uh, division. Look up uh, first here, Stephen. Uh, this is the Zips projections as of today for the White Sox. Zips is projecting them to go 84 and 78 with a chance to make the playoffs at 54.3%. Um, they have the second best chance to make the wild card in the AL Central at 10.6%, just behind the Twins at 10.7%. But they have a 43.8% chance to win the division. I know it's just projections. I know it's just numbers. I know it's a computer. You can't. Uh, measure the will to win uh, in this, but what do you make of this? Data? Well, my question is, what what numbers is this computer looking at? I feel like the computer would be looking at the will to win if it's got the White Sox catching the Twins, right? Yes, because the White Sox can't hit. Well, let's <laughs> or go. Have not hit, I should let, say. Let's go to the the, the one thing. Uh, the White Sox would likely punch above their weight in the playoffs. Uh, about ten percent of the time, uh, the White Sox make the playoffs via wild card spot instead of winning the division. Uh, but the silver lining is that uh, the, via the consolation route instead of winning the division uh, title doesn't really matter for Chicago because there's no way that they would even get a buy because uh, they're not ch- chasing the Astros. Uh, or Yankees, but they still like the roster. Uh, they still think they have the third best chance in the AL Central to win the World Series. And the idea is basically they have the weakest schedule. So still, even though that hasn't bared any fruit yet, with 78 games left, I think it was 74, 74 games left. Uh, so Alloy number uh, left, 74 games left. They still have the easiest schedule uh, out of any team so I think that's the idea is that they still like the talent on this team the schedule is still easy they still have good pitching that's the computers way the of computers feel it. the same way that uh, everybody in the White Sox clubhouse does I guess so I guess that we haven't They'll been play wrong to the back of the not, baseball card it's not too uh that's not too early but well, with that 84 and 70, like wouldn't you there's no more actual like tiebreaker games. So 84 and 78, they're saying that the White Sox would overcome the Minnesota lead right now in the season series. And with the 84 and 78 tie I, I don't record, know if they, they would win the AL Central. Because there's, no there's no more games 163. Yeah, yeah I right. don't know if Dan accounted the for computers a tie. In put it um, in there. So I'm not sure if the White Sox would make the playoffs, uh, <laughs> at least with that. But 84 and 78, they're at least tied. Uh, there are no games back, uh, back of the Twins. Error, error. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, so. Uh, Linguo is dead. <laughs> uh, I, I, the computer is saying it, so I, I don't know. I just think that the fact that we kept saying it's early, it's early, it's early uh, has has just not bared any fruit. But uh, the computer still say it, it could happen. I'm telling you, just 
win two games in Minnesota, you feel much better. Uh, they win three. Oh my god! It, hey, and I'm if coming they, back from Denver flying myself. <laughs> <laughs> and if they win three, they'll be uh, one game above 500, right? Or they'll be no, they'll be at 500. I don't. You're the math guy. Well, so, yeah, if I they win two you. games, they'll be at 45. And then if they lose one game, they'll be at 45 and 46. And if they win the final game, they'll be at 46 and 46. So they need to go three and one to be 500. Two and two would put them one game below 500. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) that's right. I know that's right. Thank you, Stephen. But. I don't know. I mean, they, they have the easiest schedule, so uh, that, that's that's about all that I can have to say. We, we, we've, we're done explaining this team. This team doesn't walk. This team scores two runs, and they like to win close games and like to get blown out in other games. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think they like getting blown out in other games. They, they consistently they, they get have. blown out in other games. Uh, I don't know. They're a tough team to make a, a, a sense of, but the computer's trying to. And also, Zips, it, that's like taking the, the 50 percentile. Uh, of results so zips is something that would take you know if everyone went off and started having the best you know 74 games of their career and then it also takes a projection where they would have the worst 74 games of their career um they try to take that middle balance so there could be even a world where the white Sox win 89 games according to the computer there could be still a projection where the white Sox win 78 games uh this year according to the computer so that is kind of the middle ground of the white Sox year so that just the computer saying that doesn't mean anything as we know before we move on i want to say what's up to brandon stokes i was talking to somebody at the game last saturday and i saw brandon he had the chgo uh brawler socks shirt on and i wanted to take a picture with him but I, you know the conversation i was having it would be rude for me to break away from that and get a picture with him but shout out thank you brandon next time i see you at the game if you're wearing the shirt we're gonna take a picture if you're not we're gonna take a picture my man thank you and real quick, I just want to mention, speaking of computers, uh, our comments aren't popping up anymore. Uh, so oh, my good. apologies to everyone that's commenting. I'm not forgetting about you. Uh, I'm I was sure. just wondering if everyone left the chat. Yeah, it was kind of like, like our baseball conversation. I just went on movies. YouTube to check. What I'm zips, like, what zips came off, that was it for everybody. <laughs> Nobody uh, out there enjoys the tangy zips of Miracle Whip. <laughs> well, I will go into the uh, the live chat and read them <laughs> off uh, YouTube there. Uh, Brandon Stokes said he was waxed anyway. So uh, that guy was, uh, I don't even think remembers even meeting you. Oh, okay. So there you go. He was in the, he was in the 107. Uh, oh, so he, was, he wasn't one awaiting. He was no, 107. He was in the former is, Goose Island section, now called the Miller Light Landing, I believe it is. Much more responsible to 107 than 108. Uh, so Cueto versus Gray is the matchup tomorrow. Kopech versus Smeltzer is the matchup Ooh. on Friday. Uh, Drew Smeltzer, didn't you hear? Uh, Saturday, Lance Lynn versus Dylan Bundy. Oh, God. Uh, and then on Sunday, Dylan Cease versus to be announced. Uh, you guys will be uh, in various different cities, but uh, what <laughs> do you states. make of the uh, the end states? Time zones, <laughs> even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you guys make of the uh, four-game set uh, as the White Sox close out the first half? Crunch time, right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Crucial. That's what they said. This is it. This is the division leaders. I mean, Listen, you got to jump Cleveland if you're going to catch Minnesota, obviously, so there's a great deal of importance there. But to close out a first half that has been just horribly disappointing, to be where they're at with a chance to win this division and to have the team that you're, you need to catch staring in front of you, if you're, going to get, if you're going to get better, if you're going to turn this season around, there is no better opportunity to do so than right now because time is running out of that hourglass and uh, the Twins are the team you got to catch. Go beat them. That's the easiest way to do it. I feel the same. I feel the White Sox have to feel great about them playing this poorly and them still having a chance to catch the Minnesota Twins. They can even win all four of them. They're a game behind the Minnesota Twins. They can say, look at all that work you guys did. You guys thought you were good, didn't you? We're only one game behind you and played like shit. Yeah. Absolute crap. And we caught you. And that was in the mess in Minnesota. Like, oh, God, we did play better than them the whole first half. And we're only a game ahead of them. And they've been playing like trash and they came up to our stadium and just shut us down and took a deep cleaning to us deep cleaning did we say now or vacuuming four games vacuuming four games was four, four games was a deep clean yes that's, five, a, that's a stanley steamer style deep clean i thought five was a deep clean five was the deep clean four was the vacuum three was the sweep oh Two you're was right the dusting jumped, and will we right. have a five, five game? game series I one forgot. was wiping off the console with your hand like this, like if you just the, blowing the cartridge and slamming it back in there. <laughs> yes, uh, it, it's a real quick clean. I, uh, the Sox are one in five against Minnesota this year. Minnesota has showed up to play your team each and every game. The Sox have failed to put the stamp on their season series this year. Uh, if they go two and two, I think Minnesota would feel real comfortable finishing seven and three against the Sox in the first half. That'd be a real nice finish for them. Uh, them going anything worse the Sox uh, I, I don't know I, I think if the White Sox are you know 
eight and two against the the Minnesota Twins after the first half. Uh, that didn't really that wouldn't really give me a ton of confidence uh, in this team. But like the computers say, uh, they're not out of it just. Yet. So we will see what happens with the White Sox. I hope you two enjoy your vacations. Uh, and make sure, too, Vinny's not uh, taking a full week off here because he's got a Johnny Cueto article coming out tomorrow. Uh, that's going to publish at 8. That'll be up uh, 8 a.m. on Thursday, uh, getting you ready for the Johnny Cueto start Thursday evening. One of my favorite quotes from the White Sox uh, has come uh, out of that Vinny article. So There's some definitely, good ones in there. Uh, check out that one. Uh, the one from Reynaldo Lopez about horses uh, is next level, and uh, we will definitely be sharing with you that uh, on social. You can follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow Herb Lawrence on Twitter. He is uh, on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He is the CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, and you can follow the show account at CHGO underscore White Sox. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I will be back tomorrow at 6 p.m. for the live pregame show. Alex Rude, who I know is in the chat that's not popping up right now, will be joining me and and uh, Sam Sherman of SB Nation will be joining awesome. me as well. It'll be fun to have Sam on, Alex on, and we'll see uh, two new voices and hear two new faces, or uh, see two new faces and hear two new voices on the CHGO White Sox pregame and postgame show. Uh, and we'll obviously, uh, after the final out is made on Thursday, we'll have the postgame show for you as well. Thank you to Stephen Nicholas for your production, and thank you everyone for hanging out and for your fantastic super chats as well. White Sox split the series in Cleveland and improved to 43 and 45 on the year. We will see you tomorrow. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us. Thank you to Vinny and Herb for joining me. Thank you to Stephen for reproduction, and thank you to Fleetwood Mac for your 1979 album, Tusk. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go White Sox.